your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. It's Tuesday, everybody. You made it through the grueling Monday, and you're probably wondering, why wasn't there an episode up on Monday? Well, to be honest with you guys, I have to be honest with you guys 100%. I think I'm going to change up the scheduling just a bit, because as you guys know, I don't post my episodes the day I record them. I usually post them a day in advance. So for example, I think instead of Monday through Friday, we're going to do Tuesday through Saturday because it's a little more convenient for me because that's when I get access to my school studio. Cause like I said, I'm back in school. So I got to go based on that schedule or I can post the episode that day of the recording, but they might be posted a little late at night. And I have done that before where I have posted an episode on the same day, just later at night. But uh listenership kind of goes down a little bit because you guys don't seem to get the notification or you guys just have less time to see it because you know it is late at night so i'll be honest with you guys like if it's eight o'clock at night i'm not looking for new podcasts to listen to it's usually an afternoon thing like if i'm on my car and i'm on my way home from work and i'm listening to a podcast so you know i totally get that so that's a little bit up in the air or I might do something else. I might do an, another alternative. But uh, just just keep in mind, I think from now on until further notice, uh, I think I'll be doing episodes Tuesday through Saturday just to make things a little more convenient on my end. So if you hadn't checked out the last episode, which was Friday, which seems ages ago, I basically did a two-part sequel with my friend Vincent Sansoni. We did an open hockey discussion, and we talked about all sorts of things, so I'm not going to spoil that. Give that episode a listen. So today's episode, as you guys know, it is the Stanley Cup Finals against the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I personally want to see the Tampa Bay Lightning win because they have the least amount of the association with the Devils with the exception of Blake Coleman but you know we had to trade away our good players to get younger players we you know we got foot in that deal we also got a first round draft pick in that deal so anyway that that's beside the point because as you guys know Lindy Ruff used to be the head coach for the Dallas Stars so uh they got rid of him and now they're in the Stanley Cup finals I don't want them to win and just basically be like Oh, we got rid of Lindy Ruff a couple years ago. Now we're good. Now we're Stanley Cup champions. See, Lindy, we didn't really need you. So I don't really want that to happen if I'm you guys. So anyway, I'm rooting for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know some of you might be rooting for the Dallas Stars, but you know that I'm just giving you my opinion on it. So with the Tampa Bay Lightning being in the Stanley Cup Finals and me rooting for them, it's the perfect opportunity to do a crossover episode with their host, Adam Denker. And that's what we're doing in today's episode. Me and Adam did a crossover episode earlier today, and I'm pretty sure he posted it on his show. I'm not sure when or where, because like I said, I'm recording this as soon as I got off the phone, and I'm going to edit it for you guys, so that way you can hear it. And if I'm going to be honest with you guys, at the time of this recording, it is 6.06 p.m. Eastern Time, 
September 21st, 2020. So that means game two is tonight, baby, with the Dallas being up one game to nothing. So basically, we talked about everything. We talked about the New Jersey Devils and their association with the Tampa Bay Lightning from the Blake Coleman deal. We talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning and what to look forward to. He's a little nervous sitting on pins and needles because, you know, if you lose game two, it's not really a must-win scenario, but you would much rather tie the series than be down two games to nothing. So, you know, we talked about that. We talked about all sorts of stuff. So I'm going to bring him in in one second. But first, you guys need to hear something really cool. All right. Joining me on the show today is fellow Locked On podcast host, uh, host of Locked On Devils, Trey Matthews. Trey, how are we doing today? I am doing great, Adam. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. I mean, could be better. It would be nice if the Lightning were up one nothing, but uh, it's not the biggest deal in the world to lose game one. Uh, I thought they played well for what condition the team was in at that point in time. I mean, they were pretty gassed from that Islander series. Um, so, you know, you, you thought it, there was going to be a lot of uh, wear and tear sort of carried over into game one. Um, but you know what? There's good thing there. This is best of seven and not best of one, right? <laughs> right. And uh, I know game two isn't technically a must win, but you would much rather uh, tie it up because being down to nothing is no easy task. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not exactly the end of the world either. And like you said, it's not a must win. It's not like, you know, a must win. But I think, yeah, especially in the Stanley Cup finals where you're basically laying it out on the table. Um, this is the time to really, you know, kind of even the series. You definitely don't want to go into game three in which I believe I think the NHL all-time percentage now is up, probably up to 68 at this point. Uh, 68% of teams that win game three in a best of seven end up winning the series, uh, something that the Lightning have kind of been uh, riding off of. They've won a majority of their game threes throughout this stretch, except for the Boston series and actually, no, the the Islander series. So, um, yeah, you definitely don't want to go into a game three with the potential of going down 3-0, and then you have to have, you know, try and – build up that you know you have to try and come back through over that long stretch but yeah uh we were talking a little bit before we start recording how much i've enjoyed uh ex-devil uh your guy blake coleman uh he's been a huge part of this playoff run for us uh just and as well as right before the pause is there anything from the games uh that you've seen with the lightning playing out of blake coleman that uh you're not surprised about from his time in new jersey well, Blake Coleman, uh, he's played with the New Jersey Devils for about four years, put up excellent numbers. It was really sad to see him trade it. But, you know, um, you have to do what you have to do when you're a rebuilding team like the New Jersey Devils. And um, j- just going back on what you said and the stuff that he d- does and the stuff he brings to a team, uh, it doesn't surprise me because, surprise, surprise, it's Blake Coleman. And he's he did really well with the Devils and um, – He's doing really well for you guys, as you stated. Obviously, uh, his numbers are down just a little bit because, you know, he's not really the the focal point for the Lightning as he was for a rebuilding team like the New Jersey Devils. So, um, you know, but that tends to happen when you, you go to a better system with a better team. Your numbers tend to go down a little bit. But like you said, I think uh, some of the stuff that you, you said that he does won't show up in the box score. But at the same time, uh, before we traded him to you guys, he was playing in 57 games, put up 21 goals, 10 assists, had a total of 31 points. 
So, like I said, he was really solid for the New Jersey Devils. And like I said, it was really sad to see him go. But I'm excited to see what uh, Nolan Foote can do with us. We're going we're gonna to rebuild around him. Uh, because if anyone doesn't know, that's who you guys traded to get Blake Coleman. And uh, Nolan Foote is uh, actually a pretty solid He's a pretty solid left wing who puts up uh, a decent amount of numbers um, in the WHL. So looking forward to that. But uh, it, what about Blake Coleman? Has he surprised you in any which sort of way? Or what, what are you seeing from him? Well, I think you you put the you hit the nail right on the head there with saying that, you know, his numbers aren't exactly eye popping. But uh, what I've said on past episodes with him is that, you know, he's not really here to score goals a lot of goals I mean it's nice when he he pots one now and then or you know gets an assist here and there but he's really here to bring that that real physicality uh to this team something that this team was lacking all year up until the trade deadline uh it was really just pretty much Pat Maroon and Luke Shen who are really doing the dirty work for this team and to kind of have a guy like Blake Coleman come in as well as with the additions um uh, of Zach Bogosian and Barkley Godreau. This team has – it's really helped this team get far in the playoffs. I truly believe if we don't have those three key guys, especially Blake Coleman, who does so well on the PK as well, um, they don't get by Boston. They don't get by the Islanders. I don't even think they could – I think it would be a lot closer series. I think they do win that series. But I don't think it's – a 4-1 series win over Columbus in the way they did. I don't think they win that 5 OT game. Uh, Blake Coleman does so much. Uh, even if it doesn't translate to points, you'll see, especially uh, in his first couple of games with the Lightning, um, how many chances he sets up his his teammates for. And even if they don't they don't finish those chances, um, you know, the, the, the effect is there and it's very evident. So, you know, he's uh, one of my favorite guys that we got at the deadline. And uh, hopefully... Uh, he continues his play. I mean, especially with this team who who can, who just constantly lives on the PK. Uh, he's so valuable uh, as a guy who is able to disrupt things on the on the back check as well as in the neutral zone. See, that's why I, I what I like about you, Adam. You're not just a casual fan. You think like a coach. You think like a like a, a former player because when people look at uh, Blake Coleman, they see he's played in nine regular season games and he doesn't put up, he puts up little to nothing mm-hmm. in, in terms of what shows up in the box score. But you're not just looking at that. You're looking at what he's doing in the penalty kill. You're looking at what he does in other categories to help his team win. And that's what makes a championship team knowing your role. Because like I said, Blake Coleman, he's not going to put up the same numbers uh, with the lightning because you guys have, you know, uh, that Russian star, you have a Russian goalie who's, who's amazing. Uh, you have, well, who we'll talk about in late, uh, later in this episode, but still you guys, uh, have a lot of great players on your roster. So he's not going to be the man, but, um, you, you just see the, the, the effort he puts in and it doesn't show up in the box score, but that's what the casual fan misses. It's like, what is he doing in other categories to help your Tampa Bay lightning become successful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think because the circumstances in which Coleman, his, you know, his, once he started out with the Lightning was that uh, I believe at the time of the deadline, a couple of days later, actually, his wife went into labor. So he joined us on a, the Lightning were currently on a, on a, on a Western Conference uh, road trip then. I believe they were in Vegas at the time. And I believe he practiced once with them and then his wife went into labor. So then he had to go back to Tampa. 
spent a couple of days with her. And then I think he met up with the lightning when they were in Edmonton. So, you know, uh, it wasn't exactly an easy start for him going cross country back and forth, going to a new team and then having the pause, not really having a lot of time with his teammates. And, you know, yeah, he played in nine games, but at the same time, it, it takes a lot longer than nine games and, Maybe let's say for the sake of argument, they had maybe 12 practices in that time. That's really not a lot of time to really get on the same page with your team. But as soon as he, as soon as the playoffs started, I mean, you saw right away in the, in the exhibition game against Florida. Now, granted it was an exhibition game. It was the first game they played in a very long time since March, but it was really interesting to see how fast he really really gelled together with his teammates. And that's the other thing he brought was that he could adapt his playing style to any system because he has so much talent. He's so much, he brings so much to the table and that's what really um, was great about this trade. Now, at first I was really objected to the lightning trading away uh, Nolan foot and a first round draft pick. Uh, Cause I don't know if you knew at the time, Nolan foot was the lightning's number one prospect. So kind of do kind of putting, you know, doubling down on your chips in that situation for Blake Coleman. Now, granted, I did know who Blake Coleman was at the time, but at the same, you know, having said that, I didn't think that he was worth your top prospect and a first round draft pick. So, but now that I look at it and see where they are, I definitely think that uh, it was definitely worth it. Unless, you know, the like, unless the devils get like the next, Sidney Crosby or Austin Matthews with that first pick. Uh, you never know, or you never know how Nolan Foote's going to translate to the NHL. Um, no, but that was great. So um, let's talk about a little, you know, before we go into playoff stuff, let's talk about maybe your expectations for this Devils team going forward. Now, it was obviously a big disappointment when New Jersey, there was a lot of the expectations were running high. You had uh, PK Subban, you had a lot of. Uh, big name players. I believe you had Wayne Simmons at one point this season as well. Um, as you know, yeah, also had Nico Hischler, you have, you know, Hughes. Um, did, were you expecting the expectations to be met this season or did things go right around? You, you expected them to. I expected them to be way better, mm-hmm. maybe not uh, title contenders, but just way better in general, because like you said, uh, the New Jersey Devils, we're known for our defense. We have five retired numbers, and four of them are defenders, if you count Marty Brodeur. So it's like um, now defense has become our detriment. So it's like, what do we do? We try to get P.K. Subban, who, you know, is not really at what he used to be when he was playing with the Montreal Canadiens or part of what he was playing for the Nashville Predators. But, you know, still better than what we got right now. But he didn't really help at all. We, we had one of the worst defensive line combinations in the NHL. I believe we were at number 28. And um, I, I believe our best defender wasn't even uh, Subban. It was uh, Severson mm-hmm. and uh, Mueller. So it's like, w- what do we do? Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, we have Taylor Hall. We had your guy, Blake Coleman. We, we had all these guys. And unfortunately, we had to part ways with them because what do we – none of them are, are really helping us. And – we lost, we dropped the first six games of the season. That's when I realized we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, no one's going to take PK Subban's contract. So I'm just waiting for the Seattle Kraken's uh, expansion draft to possibly take him away or Zajac, one of those two. 
Yeah, um, it was interesting. You know, I totally forgot that Taylor Hall was on the Devils this year. It just seems like such a long time ago that he was with the Devils. Um, I Obviously, part of that is contributed to him just kind of struggling and everything that comes with that. Him, I believe he was hurt for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I actually got, to, got a chance to see the Devils in person this year, ironically, against the Dallas Stars. And part of it had, you know, I think they ended up losing that game in OT. But the thing that was interesting, and this kind of is a segue towards our playoff talk, is that how the kind of style that the the Stars play, and that's kind of a defense first, uh, pick and choose your offensive opportunities second. Um, and to have, you know, to have that kind of style going in with against this team that has a lot of young scorers where, you know, you're really relying on, say, Jack, uh, uh, as well as, I believe, uh, you know, Hughes and Hischler. You know, it was difficult for that team to really get anything going. Um, but at the same time, I think the one thing that really stuck out to me was kind of the goaltending situation you guys got going but between Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Schneider. Now, do you think that's definitely going to be a point of focus for this uh, Devils team going into the draft? Okay, listen, Mackenzie uh, Blackwood is our go-to guy. That's going to be our, our guy defending the, the net next year, That, in my opinion. But, yep. um now, I'm not as plugged in as to the Devils, obviously, as you are, but it seemed like there was some indecision here and there about that whole goaltending situation. Why do you think that was? Well, one was injured, and, right. you know, one has to step up. And it's just like when you're, in a, when you're a rebuilding team, it's like pick your poison. Wait, wait, do we go to our veteran? Do we go to our young guy? Like, you know, pick or choose. Like, <laughs> one's injured. We need, we need a goaltender. We can't just play an empty netter the whole game. Right, of course. So, so it's like, what, which one are we going to choose? So, um, I, like I said, this team is in shambles right now. I don't know what to expect because it's like uh, Corey Schneider or Mackenzie Blackwood. Honestly, I think Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, in 47 games he played, you know, he went 22 and 14. Uh, he had a save percentage of 915. Goals against average was 2.77. Uh, you know, you look at that and you're like, eh, not too bad. But at the same time, you know, not great either, especially for what we have on our team. Then you go to Corey Schneider and it's just like, okay, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. What, exactly. What, what, what are we going to do? Because here's a, here's a guy who's played in 13 games, uh, started in 11 of them. Uh, he's gone three and six. His goals against average is 3.53. His save percentage is uh, – 887 so it's like I I don't think he's the answer either yeah uh, I mean that's definitely a tough situation but you the good news about all of this uh, going forward for you guys at least is uh, you know you have a new head coach Lindy Ruff who uh, has been around the league for 19 years uh, he was in charge of defensive personnel as well as being the assistant coach for your cross river rivals the New York Rangers um, he had a huge part in really the success of that team in terms of their defensive play, which is something like you stated at the top, uh, how important it is for your team, usually that strength. And, you know, now that was something that you really, 
uh, struggled with this year. So that's definitely something to look forward to, I'm sure. Guys, dudes, I have something very important that I need to tell you guys. It's about Built Bar. Built Bars are great, okay? So back... Wait a minute, you don't know what a Built Bar is? Let me tell you something about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Oh my gosh, this is delicious. I've already had a few when I go out to the gym and they are super healthy too. You're probably thinking, wait a minute, these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew uh, uh 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 sounds like an unhealthy snack that is not true as i stated built bars are healthy built bar is great for the health conscious guy lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat built bars are low in calorie low in sugar high protein high fiber great for a keto diet and you yes you i'm gonna make an offer that you can't refuse go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order use the promo code locked on and get ten dollars off at builtbar.com there we go i repeated it so that way you don't have to rewind it go to builtbar.com and get your built bars right now there's anyone that could definitely turn no you don't think so not at all no, you don't not at all not <laughs> at all what, what defensive success for the rangers they were horrendous like what other than adam fox they were an absolute train wreck like well, Look at look at the guys like uh, you had you know you had Tony D'Angelo you had Adam Fox like you said Ryan Lindgren I thought had a pretty decent year considering where he was at the start um, so you know going forward obviously is he is he the answer I don't think so but he's a good step in the right direction I think for your franchise uh, yeah, we'll Man. have to see you know it's one thing to talk about it but it's another thing that you'll to actually see it happen um, and obviously you know it's. I don't. I, I know there was some maybe in there was some maybe like split uh, opinion on this with some Devils fans that I was hearing online. But so, what do you think about? Do you think that the the Devils could have gone in a different direction? Do you think maybe they should have gotten for like a recent Caps hire, uh, Peter Laviolette, or do you think maybe there was someone else that no one's talking about? Uh, Gerard Gallant is also an option As who well. is on the table. Yeah. So you know, it's like. Um, Okay, I, I'm not going to take anything away from Lindy Ruff. The guy's been in the NHL forever. He's a former player, former captain. Uh, he had huge success in the 90s. Um, but here's the thing. He runs an adequate zone defense that doesn't work in today's NHL, which is why uh, you, you saw the inconsistency in success um, as the new millennium turned. So uh, I remember in 2005, I, I'm sure you don't want to remember 2005. There was no season. No season at yes. all. The clutch and grab is abolished, and now players essentially can't even touch each other without going to the penalty box. Yes. So it's like you saw the success start to be very inconsistent. Uh, he was let go by the Sabres. He goes to the Dallas Stars, which is one of the reasons why I want them to lose the Stanley Cup because now it's like we got rid of Lindy Ruff a couple of seasons ago, so now we're a success. That's not what I want to happen. So please, I am telling you, Get your lightning, rallied around, and try to win this. <laughs> I beg of you. Um, uh, so, yeah, he runs an adequate zone defense. It doesn't work. His tenure with Dallas was short. You saw what he did with the New York Rangers, which was essentially nothing. They, they had a terrible defensive rotations. Even with the guys you listed, I know, but still, they could have. I think they could have done better because the only silver lining was Adam Fox. Now, here is a silver lining I am seeing. I am big on the New Jersey Devils acquiring uh, Riley Walsh out of Harvard because who was Riley Walsh's former teammate in Harvard? Adam Fox. And who, Adam Fox saw success 
in Lindy Ruff's defensive system. So my hope is maybe that can rub the same way for Riley Walsh sometime. But I was a fan of the Mark Recchi pickup. That's the what, what I was a fan of. Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say that, you know, there is some things that you would wish are different, but at the same time, there is a lot of good bright spots and a lot of things to look forward to the next season. Now, obviously, we still have to conclude this season. Uh, you know, the big thing everyone's obviously talking about and the reason why we're talking right now is because my Lightning are in the Stanley Cup Finals. Unfortunately, they dropped game one, like we stated earlier. Uh, they, they were gassed out. Um now, what were your predictions going into this whole playoffs? Let's start from the beginning, and then we'll end up at the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, obviously, at this point in time, it was a weird kind of format that everyone was still trying to wrap their heads around. Uh, 24 teams. Um, now, you have the round robins. Sounded almost like something that you would see maybe in the Olympics or you know, maybe in even another sport like soccer. What were your predictions going into this whole format? Do you think things kind of played out along the lines of what you expected them to happen? Or, I mean, I certainly didn't expect the Islanders to get this far. Um, and I certainly didn't expect the Lightning to sort of steamroll their way in the way they did over top teams like like Boston, and especially Columbus, who is one of the feistier teams in the league. Hmm. So I consider the beginning of this as just playing because uh, I, I had one of my friends on the show recently uh, he said, who was a huge Blackhawks fan, he said the Blackhawks had no business of being in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. it, was just a, it was just a play-in, just so no one could complain about the seeding. Yeah. So I, I believe it was just all for play-in. My predictions, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I will say I had the Vegas Golden Knights coming out the West and the Philadelphia Flyers coming out of the East. Yeah. That's who I had. And um, uh, it in terms of success from your lightning, you know, the second, second seed in their, uh, in their division, you know, and they went against, uh, Boston. I don't think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Boston is really good, but it's still first seed versus second seed. So it's like, you know, I think, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, I feel like it could have gone either way. Now, Boston was the favorites. Mm -hmm. Boston was the favorites, but I still did not count out the lightning because it's like, listen, they were still right on their, t you guys were still, you know, kind of on their tail, you know, and I never underestimate the second seed because there's a second seed for a reason. So, um, you know, you guys beat the Bruins four games to one, which by the way, thank you. I did. I, I just said, I don't care who wins Bruins and the, um, and the Maple Leafs cannot win <laughs> at all under no circumstance. I wasn't too concerned about the, the New York, even though they did go pretty far, New York did go pretty far. Mm -hmm. I knew the Rangers were completely out of their league and would absolutely get eliminated in the first round, but it came with them getting the uh, first overall pick. Now they're going to get uh, Alexi Lafreniere. But, you know, that, that's a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that – so I had the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Flyers in the Stanley Okay. Game. You know – Interestingly enough, uh, Philly was one, probably the only team other than Boston that I was really weary of, um, especially when we started playing the games. At the preview that I had, the preview episode I did before the playoffs, I and I still felt this, that I believe that if we got by Boston, I, I think that they were pretty much set. I don't think there was any other team that could have beat them. And then, even though the games didn't really count, we were still very early on in play. Uh, that last round robin game, the way Philly really shut shut down um, 
Tampa really showed me a lot, even though it was early on. But the fact that they continued to do that throughout the playoffs uh, was kind of a scary thing, especially, you know, this is the kind of team they don't really have like a big time score. But they were the kind of team that if they got hot and the Lightning ran into them, the kind of team who the Lightning could were easily the type of team who could get uh, blown out in a game one like they did to the Islanders. Uh, the, the tables could have easily been turned on the Lightning in that scenario if the Lightning ended up uh, playing Philly, uh, which is, you know, I'm relieved that the Islanders didn't completely blow that series against Philly. But um yeah, I mean, I think uh, when I spoke to uh, ESPN's Greg Wyshynski, he said, you know, you were pretty much along the lines of what he said, except for, you know, subtract uh, Philly out there and put in the lightning. I really thought, you know, this was kind of a toss up. I when we did a little round table at the beginning, I did with a couple of hosts I sat down with. We actually I think someone threw out the idea that it was could have been, you know, there could have been an argument for possibly maybe like Montreal or in Arizona in the Stanley Cup Finals. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Whoever I mean, said that, take away their credentials. <laughs> they do not talk about hockey. Seriously, the Coyotes, after all they've been through, all the front office drama, which, by the way, I think the Devils had something to do with that. But, you know, I don't, I, it's not completely their fault. But, you know, still, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, it was – but it was the kind of situation where I don't think anybody really thought that – Pittsburgh was going to get knocked out in the way they did against Montreal. But anyway, uh, moving on. So going into the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, what were your expectations before even game one? My expectations is I believe the Lightning will win, but the Dallas Stars are not going to roll over. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking before we even started recording. I was saying that, you know, they don't really have the stars. The thing that's interesting about the stars, yeah, they have Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. But during the regular seasons, though, that those guys are, I wouldn't say they're non-factor, but they're not as scary as you would maybe if you're looking at the Lightning as maybe a Nikita Kucherov or even a healthy Braden Point or even a St- Steven Stamkos. But the thing that really scares me and that you could you could have seen it in game one um is Anton Kadobin I mean he was spectacular uh and he we you saw it throughout all the highlights of his saves that NHL.com put out but the thing that really scared me as well is that if you look at the Lightning's lone goal that was just a lucky bounce off Yanni Gord's skate so technically I look at that as really that's not really you know the Lightning could have easily lost this game for nothing maybe maybe five nothing um I thought they had a lot of good chances in the third period but at the end of the day the the energy wasn't there. I, I mean, the urgency was, but, you know, the energy wasn't, which is usually have been the issue for the Lightning in the past, except, you know, flip-flop those two. It's usually a, a problem in a matter of maybe urgency instead of um, energy. The one thing that also stuck out to me in this game is maybe towards the end of the second period, the Lightning were being outshot, something that I haven't seen. Uh, and they were being outshot massively. I believe the shot count was 17-9 to 9 at the end of – at the end of the, the second period, which I mean, for the one of the high highest powered offenses in the entire NHL, who a team who has led the league in scoring for the past almost three to four years, almost five, that was the thing that really worried me because we already knew um, if you've watched the number of these these stars games, they don't shoot a lot, um, and you know they they take they take their sweet time and they don't try to force the issue when they have the opportunity they'll take it. Um, so that's the thing that kind of worries me. And that's the kind of thing that lightning fans should be worried about just because if you look at how 
Vasil- that affects Vasilevsky. Uh, he's kind of more of more shots on him. The f- the hotter he gets. Now that's the opposite here. Now, do you think that maybe I'm just expecting the hoping for the best and expecting the worst here, or do you think uh, you would have to agree with what I said in, in some way? Okay, if I were you, I'd be a little stressed out about game two because uh, <laughs> watching any playoff series, whether it be baseball, whether it be basketball, whether it be the NHL, I always say if my favorite team drops game one. That's okay. But please, out of all the games, I would rather be down two to one versus two nothing. So if I were you, I would just be like, I really hope they get it together. I hope they're well rested. I hope the uh, the fatigue level has gone down a little bit um, or gone up or whatever. (laughs) Let's just hope they're well rested. But um, uh, I would just be a little concerned about uh, game two because, you know, that's an important one because it's really difficult to come back to nothing. So, and, and, and three, nothing, that's the kiss of death. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're hundred percent right. Um, I, but the one thing that this lightning team hasn't struggled with um, throughout this whole playoffs is that they've been able to respond relatively well uh, after losing a game and come back and pl- do a complete 180. So, you know, that's something that uh, I fully expect to happen from this team now uh before we let you go uh tell all the listeners uh where they could find you as well as the show all right you can find my podcast on any place you get your podcast spotify apple music stitcher uh google whatever the case might be just type in locked on devils and i am about i'd say 55 episodes in now i don't i've lost count already (laughs) um you can find me on twitter trey matt four so t-r-e-y-m-a-t-t and the number four Find me on Instagram, uh, Trey Emery Matthews. And Snapchat is the same thing as my Twitter. Whether I add you back or not is totally up to me. Well, uh, I'd just like to say thanks for coming on the show. Obviously, the Devils have a very interesting draft ahead of them with the seventh round, with a seventh overall pick. Uh, we'll obviously have you on to talk about more about the draft as it comes closer. But, Trey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for kind of talking me down from the ledge, even though it's only game two. And, uh, yeah, maybe uh, our teams in the future will be getting together in the playoffs at some point. Oh, no time soon. Uh, for you guys, we'll be back next year. For us – it's going to take a couple years. All right. Well, that's been Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils. Trey, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So finally, the Lightning come dancing with the Devils. And good luck to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the rest of the Stanley Cup Finals. Like I said, this was recorded a few hours before Game 2. So hopefully they come out victorious and tie the series. And if not, they got some work to do down 2-0. So uh, I'm just playing both angles. If they tie the series one game to one, great job. You're on pace to maybe make a comeback and win the series. And you have all the momentum right now, so don't screw it up. And if you are down 2 nothing, you're not out of it. But do not lose game three because being down 3 to nothing is the kiss of death. So that's all I got for you guys here today. I will catch you in the next episode. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Thanks for listening.